Hello there. Hey, what's up, you guys? This is April with the Four Richer Horror Podcast. And just a forewarning about this episode, it does talk about murder and it'll be a bit of a darker episode, but it is something I find interesting. Hopefully some of you do as well. And I mean, it's very informative, so you can see statistics in different areas of murder rates. I hope to make this a series by identifying different areas that murder is most prevalent. It might be cities, it might be attractions or state land. So let's start this off by talking about some statistics. According to the FBI, for relative frequency, a violent crime occurs every 26.3 seconds, one murder every 36.9 minutes, one rape every 4.5 minutes, one robbery every 1.6 minutes, an aggravated assault every 42.5 seconds. So that gets into our topic of today. What are the most common places to be murdered? We can go into this by state. This may surprise you, but the state you are most likely to be victimized in is Alaska. They have this divided by violent crime rather than murder, so 636 people are victims of violent crimes per 100,000 per year. Second makes a little more sense, it's Nevada. After that is Tennessee, then New Mexico, Florida, Louisiana, South Carolina, Delaware, Arkansas, and lastly Maryland to round off the top 10. Now we can get into the actual murder rates, and that's categorized by city. In 2015, number one with 60 murders per 100,000 residents is St. Louis, Missouri. Second with 48 murders per 100,000 is New Orleans, Louisiana, and closely behind it is Detroit, Michigan with 44. My city of Phoenix is listed at 14th, which I suppose could be comforting that it's fairly low on the list with only 7.4 murders per 100,000 residents. Surprisingly, major cities in California are super low on the list, including Los Angeles, San Francisco, San Bernardino, and San Diego. And then just four years later, this has changed somewhat. Well, especially New Orleans. So St. Louis is still number one. The rates increased to 65 murders per 100,000 residents. So five extra murders in just five years. Baltimore, Maryland beats out New Orleans with 58 per 100,000. And then Birmingham, Alabama is now third with 51. Detroit went down to 41. And then in fifth place is Dayton, Ohio with 34, which was a 20% increase since their prior year. St. Louis is topping the list in both cases, and some experts blame a high availability of firearms coupled with minimum consequences. Local police have responded by formulating a plan to target 15 high crime neighborhoods with increased law enforcement presence and surveillance cameras. New Orleans has traditionally had a high murder rate despite fluctuations in violent crime rate overall. Local law enforcement notes that the murder rate is due not to gangs, but to arguments, robberies, and domestic violence incidents that turn fatal. And then the dwindling police force in New Orleans may also play a role. On the low end, seven of the 10 major cities with the lowest murder rates are located in the West. San Diego and San Jose, both in California, rank at the very bottom. Austin, Texas, New York City, and Charlotte, North Carolina also have low murder rates. 
New York's murder rate began declining about 20 years ago. One factor is the city's growing Asian population, which is known to have a low rate of homicides. In terms of raw numbers, Chicago made headlines in 2015 for the highest total number of homicides. A shocking 465 people were murdered in Chicago last year. That was 113 more deaths than second place New York City. But both of those cities have much higher populations. And while those numbers seem high, in terms of percentage and relativity, it's a lower statistic than the big three. The circumstance surrounding a murder can be murky at best, but reviewing a year's worth of homicides that were solved yields some surprising takeaways. In just less than a half of the cases, the relationship between the victim and the killer is unknown. And then nearly one-fifth of victims were murdered by an acquaintance, while just over one in ten were killed by a stranger. Examining murders among family members is a more complex affair. So among married couples, wives are five times more likely to be murdered than husbands, and girlfriends are nearly three times more likely to be murdered than boyfriends. Sons and daughters are killed more often than mothers and fathers. And surprisingly, to kind of turn around the gender is uh, brothers are killed nearly five times more often than sisters. Sean, I'll say it again for the second episode in a row. Watch out. <laughs> That's my brother, so I just, if when I see things like this, it just makes me laugh. It's like, Sean, be careful. <laughs> but anyway, let's talk about why people kill. In over half of the cases, the murder stems from an argument. Juvenile gang members and robbery-related murders also comprise just over 1 in 10 homicides apiece, while 7% of cases are related to drug deals. Romantic triangles, burglaries, brawls, and children killed by babysitters made up around one to two each. The least likely murder cause, uh, a sniper attack. So have some comfort in knowing you're not going to be taken out by a sniper, or at least it's very, very, very unlikely. <laughs> so looking at the demographic of the major murder cities, they are predominantly lower median household income cities that are about 18,000 to 28,000 below the median, with a very high poverty rate, a high unemployment rate, and a decrease in population. So people are leaving there, probably with good reason. So the US murder rate rose 30% between 2019 and 2020. That is the largest single year increase in more than a century. There were 7.8 homicides for every 100,000 people in the United States in 2020, up from the six homicides per 100,000 people the year before. The rise in the nation's murder rate last year far exceeds the 20% increase measured in 2001, which was driven by the terrorist attacks of September 11th. According to the FBI, there were 21,570 murders last year, which was up 29% from 16,669 in 2019, and that is the highest annual total since 1995. 
At least eight states saw their murder rates rise by 40% or more last year, with the largest percentage increase in Montana, which was 84%, South Dakota at 81%, Delaware at 62%, and Kentucky at 61%, and that's according to the CDC. Higher than average increases also occurred in several heavily populated states, including New York, which was 47%, Pennsylvania at 39%, Illinois at 38%, Ohio also at 38%, California at 36%. So now that we know the most murderous states and city, let's focus a little more. In 2019, a statement from the National Park Service Chief Spokesman Jeremy Burnham said there's an average of six deaths each week within the considerable national park system. That's approximately 312 deaths per year or one death for every 1 million visitors. Based on an analysis of data from 2007 to 2018, there are many ways people perish in national parks. Drowning is by far the leading cause of death. Other common causes include vehicular accidents, falls, poisoning, wildlife encounters, natural causes, and suicide. Visitors have even been boiled alive in hot springs, and one person was decapitated by an unlocked gate. That sounds terrifying. Be careful of gates, people. Lake Mead, Yosemite, and Grand Canyon National Parks record the most deaths during the aforementioned time period, but North Cascades National Park in Washington registered the highest death rate. It is by far the next deadliest park with 65.2 deaths for every 1 million visitors, 65 times higher than the park system average. But that brings us to the question, what about murder? Murder's got to happen there, right? Duh. <laughs> um, often called the FBI of the National Park System, the Investigative Services Branch, ISB, I'm going to pronounce it ISB because I'm not very good at saying investigative, investigative. It's investigative, isn't it? God, I'm a dumbass. Mom, you'll correct me. But investigative services branch, ISB, focuses on serious crimes that occur in national parks. As of 2020, just 33 ISB agents operating out of four field offices are responsible for the 85 million acres of park service land in 423 areas spread across the country. I think they're busy. I think they might be some busy people if they got to cover that much land, don't you think? According to the ISB's most recent annual report from 2019, the agency investigated 674 cases in 2019. 59% of those were crimes against persons. The Pacific Field Office alone conducted 13 homicide and manslaughter investigations, though only four were new cases for the year, and then there were 12 questionable method of death investigations in 2019. Now we'll dig into some of those murders in different parks. So there's the newlyweds. A pair of newlyweds camping near Arches National Park went missing. Their bodies were later found, and it was determined they were shot to death. 
They had told friends about a weirdo camping near them, but officials have yet to identify a suspect. That was in 2018, I believe. I don't have the date written down. That's my bad. So Sarah Ellis is the next victim we'll talk about. Sean Pendergraft and Sarah Ellis both worked at the Pigsaw Inn along the Blue Ridge Parkway in the summer of 2018. Pendergraft said that the pair went for a hike one afternoon, but Ellis turned back when it began to rain. He found her hat and umbrella along the trail on his way back and reported her missing. Rangers quickly found Ellis's body just off the trail, and a day later, Pendergraft admitted to killing his co-worker. According to the indictment, Ellis was especially vulnerable due to a hearing impairment, and Pendergraft killed her in the midst of a sexual assault. Pendergraft pleaded guilty to first-degree murder and two counts of aggravated sexual abuse. In 2020, he was sentenced to life in prison. Good, you asshole. Next is Lila Pickering. This one is especially sad, in my opinion. So in 2016, park rangers spotted a vehicle along Blue Ridge Parkway. When a man and small child exited the vehicle and started descending to a steep embankment, the ranger moved in to investigate. That's when Seth Willis Pickering suddenly stabbed his six-year-old daughter, Lila, in the heart, and she died at the scene. Pickering was in the midst of a custody battle for his daughter and told rangers, now they will never be able to take her away from me. He was sentenced to life without parole. Dude, you need the chair. You need the fucking chair. Sorry about, like, I know people, not everyone agrees with the death penalty, but you're going to kill your six-year-old daughter? Like, you deserve the worst thing that could happen to you, in my opinion. So the next one, in 2015, ISB agents responded to reports of a stabbing at the local Baptist church inside Great Smoky Mountains National Park. They found the lifeless body of Tyler Gaddis, a homeless man, with at least 16 stab wounds on the church floor. The next day, Jonathan Hill told authorities he was present when Forrest Hill killed Gaddis for interfering in his relationship with a woman. Forrest Hill pled guilty to second-degree murder and is serving a 16-year sentence. Jonathan Hill received a four-year sentence after pleading guilty as an accessory. So the next one is Tony Henthorne. When Harold Henthorne called 911 on September 29, 2012, he told dispatchers his wife, Tony, had fallen during a hike in Rocky Mountain National Park and sustained a head injury. Henthorne claimed he didn't see how it happened and performed CPR on Tony while waiting for help. By the time a ranger reached them hours later, she was dead. Henthorne's story was filled with inconsistencies. As investigators, as investigators dug into his personal life, they discovered his first wife also died a suspicious death and uncovered damning evidence that neither death was accidental. In 2019, a jury found Henthorne guilty of first-degree murder. He's currently serving life in federal prison. Armand Johnson is the next one we'll go over. 
not long after moving to Hawaii from Seattle, 44-year-old Armin Johnson went for a hike in Hawaii Volcanoes National Park in 2005. His body was later found 100 yards from the Mamaloa Highway. Johnson died of a single gunshot wound to the back of the neck in what some call an execution-style killing. Investigators have been unable to determine motive or a name a suspect in over 15 years. In 1999, the decapitated body of Joey Armstrong was found along a stream near the campgrounds for workers in Yosemite National Park. Carrie Stainer, whom police had interviewed in another murder case earlier that year, confessed just a few days later to murdering Armstrong and three other women after fantasizing about killing since he was a child. The Yosemite serial killer was convicted of all four murders and is currently on death row. Loli Winnens and Julie Williams is our next victims. In May of 1996, 26-year-old Lolly Winnens and 24-year-old Julianne Williams set out for a trip to Shenandoah National Park with their golden retriever. When they didn't return home as planned several days later, Julie's father reported them missing. On June 1st, park rangers found the woman's bodies near their campsite, hands bound, mouths gagged, and throats slit. Although authorities arrested Daryl Rice, DNA found at the scene didn't match the suspect and charges were dropped. The grisly murders remain unsolved. What happened to the golden retriever? That's really sad. So let's kind of get into why people kill at national parks. So the main reason is there's a prime crime opportunity. So what makes so many murderers choose national parks? Many researchers argue extreme temperatures, heat in particular, that can cause erratic violent behavior and crime rates cool down with the season. National parks do see the highest attendance in the sweltering summer months, and a large portion of the violent crimes occur while visitors are outside during the time frame. This might explain some crimes of passion in the parks, but many cases appear to be premeditated before hikers hit the trails here, and other wild places such as national forests, state parks, and along the Appalachian Trail. The vast expanse of national parks makes them prime spots for covering up a crime. Alaska's Wrangell-St. Elias National Park and Preserve alone covers 13.2 million acres of mostly untouched wilderness, and even the nation's most visited park spans more than half a million acres. The Park Service manages over 80% of its land as wilderness, leaving plenty of spots to kill undetected or dump a body. The growing number of cold cases seems to confirm people can kill in the parks without witnessing or much worry of their victims being found, honestly. And even if authorities do locate a body, killers can pull a henthorn and blame it on a fall. The parks simply leave plenty of opportunity for the homicidal. A 50 square mile section of Yellowstone National Park, known as the Zone of Death, with hazy jurisdiction lines, could hypothetically allow perpetrators to literally get away with murder in a legal sense. 
National Park murders and mysterious disappearances have garnered a cult following in recent years. Books and documentaries have attempted to uncover the truth behind the seemingly inexplicable, and petitions have called for better tracking of missing persons in national parks and other federal lands. There is no centralized database currently for these cases, and some former officials estimate the number could be hundreds to thousands. So that's really sad and scary. I've never actually been to a national park, like despite being in Grand, the Grand Canyon state, I've never been to the Grand Canyon, but it's just really scary to think about you're taking a family trip and what's the last thing you'd expect? Oh yeah, to be killed. And that's possible. And it's actually more prevalent than you might think because that's where homicidal maniacs can they don't have to hold themselves back from their impulses because it's quite easy to get away with it because it's so much land someone may not be watching your body may never be found so i know that's kind of a dreary topic but i found it very interesting and i personally didn't know about murders at national parks so now i do now you do and I do hope to continue this as a series and discuss more common murder places. This was actually kind of inspired by a podcast I had listened to where someone talked about deaths at uh, Central Park in New York. And I kind of want to investigate that area and see if it is very common for deaths to happen or not. But anyway, I hope you guys like this episode. I hope you listen next week. Well, that is all. Bye.